Welcome to Add to Party, a friendship simulator masquerading as a news show. I'm your host, James Hartwell, and I'm joined by... Charles Yamat, and I'm joined by... Andy K. Welcome back to the new year. New year! 2022, let's throw it in the trash. It's gone, baby. It is gone. That's right. I only live in the future. And by oh. living in the future, I constantly judge the past. Oh. So now, now it's time for us to judge 2022 and decide what was the best game of mm. 2022 that what we played. That? <laughs> <laughs> I'm uh, reflective now. I don't know. If we're talking about the new year, I'm going to go get a drink quick. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I think it's really important for um, – us to also talk when we talk about game of the year uh, is what what's our own personal personal criteria on game of the year because you know everyone has their own thing some people are just like this is most fun or some people are just what's the most impactful um some people say music score which i think they're wrong uh, entirely <laughs> um but you know there's things everyone has a different criteria basically and we you know I think we should talk about that when we argue because it will be more fun to poke holes at people um, yeah. based on knowing that what they're judging it on. Well, I'll start with you, Charles. What is your criteria for what? And also, we'll explain the rules for how we're doing this in a minute, too, um, just so you don't think we're just going to jump right into this. There, we have I have created a system by which I mean I stole it from the besties. It's really uh, beautiful, though. Uh, another great podcast. Um, but Charles, go ahead. What is your criteria for game of the year? Ooh, I want to hear um, this. So, <clears throat> I I need to add a factor mm. Um, mm. for games I may not like, but everyone else likes. Oh, so you know to to keep me from just having a say, I I do factor in general public. Um, reception to a game and uh attitude towards it um Can we call it the contrarian category uh it's a i don't know it's, i'd like to call it the grounded uh effect. There we go. <laughs> um, and um you know but for me personally the thing that is most important is the lasting impression a game gives me mm. um you know it, it it is a little pretentious because not every game is is meant to do this, but you know games are art, and you know when I play games, I like to think about what it's trying to say. So there are like simpler, simpler I, I put in quotes games that may you know may have been really fun or cool, but that I will I don't like to rank them as like game of the year necessarily. So Too like, fucking bad. You're on a gaming podcast now. Yeah. <laughs> we have to think of a title for what our, our game of the year award is too. So keep that in the back of your head. Yeah. Well, we yeah. can't choose ultimate game of ultimate all time or whatever it was. Yeah. No, no, no. We're adding ultimate. Um, okay. That's it. Or alpha. Uh, alpha. So, or, oh, there we uh, go. Yeah. You know, the alpha game of all time. Mm-hmm. All the ultimate omega game of the year sigma sigma is the new thing charles that's That's true yeah but yeah we can't use that that's cheating (laughs) everyone uses that that's for um misogynists Uh, yeah but um (laughs) not misogynists yeah but back to my original thing too i do want to say um so uh smaller games like i would say a mario sports game 
I would never put, I would likely never put as a game of the year uh, contender. Mm. Um, even though they might be really fun. Sports that's aren't valid to you, Charles. Absolutely not. But that's what, <laughs> but that's what popularity, the grounded effect comes in. The ground it forces yeah. me to mm. have to. Mm. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's me. Game of the year too. What, what about you, Andy? What? How do you judge game of the year? Hmm. Hmm. I think I might just have to piggyback what Charles said. It's just what had a lasting effect. Um. I don't know. Something that makes you feel that makes you think about it after you're done. And I don't know if that always involves fun. <laughs> but That's fair. It stays with you. It's sticky. It's a sticky game. Um, and that'll be my game of the year. But James, there's, pl- there's plenty of movies I've watched that mm-hmm. I will never watch again, but I think mm-hmm. are great movies. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I um, think games can also have that experience. I think absolutely. Um, But what are your criteria, James? Uh, I think Charles kind of said it. It was that impact is maybe Mm -hmm. the best way to describe it for me. At least I'm looking for the experience that surprised me most. Surprise. And, and, and not, in and that's very general term because that doesn't mean it's new, right? It, it can be someone executing so well on a on an existing idea or a new idea or like a narrative. It's just that kind of idea of, of taking something and, and putting a twist on it that I don't expect or I haven't seen before, right? Mm-hmm. That it allows that this has excelled in such a way that it... To, again, to well, your point too, and it's stickiness, right? Mm-hmm. It's like I'm I'm looking for that experience that goes. I feel enriched for having played this. Yeah. You know, yeah, that's very, very fucking. Uh, what's the word? Uh, hipster. hipster. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking for games that speak to my soul. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, just like that album in the Chipmunk album, dude. Just let it sit in your soul. Okay. Uh, we're not going to I'm not we're not going to talk about that for 10 minutes, but if you don't want to <laughs> if you don't know what that is, someone found an old recording of Alvin and Chipmunk singing uh rock songs from the late 80s early 90s and slowed it down to 116 speed and it's incredibly sound. It's go find it. Go look for it. Incredible. And yeah. then you just want to be on every sort of drug while listening to it. Um I've searched in myself a lot and it was all thanks to Alvin and the Chipmunks. Things kind anyway, mm-hmm. so how I have devised slash stolen this <laughs> this uh, our way to pick game of the year is I pulled Andy and Charles mm-hmm. to tell me the games they played this year because Just played yes <laughs> well I mean in terms of played and also can speak to to a certain extent oh sure I sure mean, sure with the, the idea of game of the year conversations mm-hmm. in mind I also added mine in as well there's overlap obviously. Um, And I narrowed it down to 16 entries, Mm. which we have put into a single elimination bracket format. Mm -hmm. Um, No ranking or seeding really matters for it. However, what we'll do is we will go through these eight. uh, We will go through the first eight and then the next four to end up with to go to end up with four winners. Sure. And then those four winners will be paired off with God of War Ragnarok and Elden Ring, which are mm. consensus favorites for game of the year. Oh, didn't no. really seem 
didn't really seem like it was worthwhile to just put them in the middle there. I mean, that's fair. They would just and then and then we will take those six or rank them into our top five and drop one. Mm-hmm. And from there, we will have our top five, including the game of the year. Yeah. Listen, uh, this is important. Okay. It is. People you need know to know meant- what we think. <laughs> well, they're going to have their game of the year trailers and they're going to put add to party in those like cute little leaves. You know, if you don't, like, if you don't think I might spend some time to send a framed certificate of winning this to the I PR love office. It. Oh, I love it. <laughs> I, I mean, want- I, <laughs> and if it's Elden Ring, I will be in Japan in a couple months. <laughs> there you go. Listen, and then when they say went won over a hundred Game of the Year awards, one of them, one of them that's was at a party. party. That's, that's how right. they can inflate that number. <laughs> yep. There you go. Oh, can we sign it? Maybe. Oh. Uh, okay. So, without further ado, we will begin this process. Mm-hmm. Uh, starting with our first battle, mm. Pokemon Legends Arceus mm-hmm. versus Xenoblade Chronicles 3. Let's go! Now, James, are you the only one that played Arceus? Charles, did you play Arceus? No. I get okay. to be I get to be the um Yeah, impartial <laughs> you didn't play Xenoblade either. So yeah. There you yeah. go. This, this is what I love about this format, is too, is that I think a lot of this is going to be one person played it one the other person played the other one and we're trying to sway the third person who didn't play either which actually makes it fairly amusing uh make your argument and then i will make it wrong okay uh i and i'm also i may push us to for time because we do have a lot of these to go through uh pokemon pokemon legends arceus uh came out early in 2022 mm. this was the first foray into pokemon existing in a 3d open world mm-hmm. abandoning its 2d or you know 2d.5 experience it was very ambitious it was an isekai for some weird reason <laughs> <laughs> and it gave a lot of people hope for like hey you know what this was a good first try for okay. the pokemon company to go in there and try something new and we wanted to like let them go, hey, you're iterating on your formula, you're changing it, you're making new things happen. Um, Scarlet Violet also came out in 2022, um, and we talked a lot about that mm-hmm. <laughs> and how they kind of fell on their face. Different teams made those games, though, so uh, I chose Arceus over Scarlet and Violet, despite the fact that uh, I would say Scarlet and Violet's probably more fun than Arceus, but Arceus, I think, is a better game. Mm-hmm. Um, just, again, that new and novel thing, right? Mm-hmm. All right. And and so that's why I think, you know, it's it's the it's a franchise incredibly stuck in their roots, branching out, trying something new. That's that's my that's my spiel for why it should win or this battle, at least. Andy, mm. tell us about Xenoblade 3. Well, I'd first like to begin um, highlighting a poll quote from your argument. A yeah. good first try. Just want to point that out. <laughs> Xenoblade is the Andy, third try. What? Don't turn this. Into, don't turn every one of these into Phoenix, right? Please. <laughs> <laughs> well, Xenoblade Three is the third in the Xenoblade series. The first classic RPG. Second, don't put Gotcha in my game. And then the third. Uh, this was a game that I was scared to play. Um, was only intrigued because I heard it hinted at Xenosaga. I don't know if it actually did. 
Um, and this was one of the first games in a very long time to get me to play for more than like four or five hours at a time. I think I played for eight hours straight, um, which is pretty impressive for anything to capture my attention like that. Um, I think the story is very interesting. It, it pushes against a lot of norms. Uh, the battle system is insane, but a lot of people like it. Um, and, uh, it's been nominated for a lot of best games of the year. So a bunch of other different places, but it's great. And it was able to pull me into a game, which I would say is high achievement. And I think therefore better than Arceus, Charles. You know, after listening to, to both of you, I've had enough of attention span to remember the first couple seconds of each of your arguments. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like JRPGs more. So Xenoblade 3. I would Let's go. All right. Let's Xenoblade run, 3 takes the first one. All You're right. Garbage. I have not played these next two either. So Ooh. this is going to be fun. Okay. But I, but I know Andy's played both technically. Yes. Andy, you're going to take Stranger in Paradise because I only watched people play Stranger That's in Paradise. That's fair. Uh, so our next our next fight is Tunic v. Stranger in mm. Paradise. So uh, we talked about Tunic earlier this year. At least mm-hmm. I did. Mm-hmm. Um, it came out. And this is probably the purest love letter to old Zelda games that has ever been made. Mm-hmm. Um, you play as a fox who wakes up on a mysterious island. You are given little to no instruction other than to explore this world in this kind of, you know, 3D isometric view. Very Zelda like again, you have a sword, you have a shield and you kind of go out there and try to figure out the mystery of this world. The mystery of this world is presented through an instruction booklet like you would get in the old days. Mm-hmm. However, that instruction booklet is also written in a language you don't understand. Mm-hmm. Um, so really, you're piecing out all these mysteries of exploring and trying to figure out even the systems of the game while you're doing it. And it's so satisfying when so you just clever. realize when you just realize these things it was like, I could have been doing this the whole time. Mm-hmm. And it was always there, but I didn't know about it until I figured out this puzzle mm-hmm. um, between the instruction booklet or just kind of progressing the game along. Um, it is one of those games that like when you load in like the new game plus, it's like suddenly you're just a wash that you now suddenly know everything where it's like you can completely do this different than your first playthrough because now you know every piece of information you didn't know when the game started. And that changes the entire way you play. Mm-hmm. It is possibly one of the most ambitious and successful games that I've ever seen. That's taken like taken like a, a love letter slash, you know, twist on a formula and executed on it so well. Mm-hmm. Um, this year also had another game, Death's Door, which where you played a uh, Raven who was a like a Grim Reaper character that also very similar in this vein. Also an excellent game pales in comparison to Tunic. Mm, Tunic is fantastic. (laughs) Um, Not that I'm voting for Tunic, although I will be. You can't, you can't. I mean, that's the thing you can, you can vote for whoever you want. (laughs) (laughs) Well, stranger in paradise, the final fantasy. um, I think it's an isekai as well. Um, it is. Well, isn't that? Yeah, it is. It is. I think it's final. It's final fantasy's answer to a Soulsborne type game um, made by uh, Team Ninja, the uh, studio behind um, Neo, Ninja Gaiden, 
Um, and it's a goofy, stupid game that shouldn't be as good as it is. Uh, it just takes the class system that you'd see somewhere else, but it uses classic Final Fantasy. And, and you can switch in between classes in combat and make your own custom combos. And it is so satisfying and it is so nostalgia filling. And the story is so dumb and played in a hammy, fun way. Uh, it You're knows what it is. Us. It revels in it. Yeah, the whole chaos thing. Like, it knows what it's doing. Um, it's not that it's bad. It's just self-aware. Um, it's camp. It's fantastic. Uh, and way better than I thought it would have been. Um, and I, I feel like it kind of got a bad rap that it didn't really deserve, mainly because of the chaos. And I don't think people gave it enough chance from what I kind of read. Uh, but still, I think um, it- and that didn't game. play super well when it came out, but that got fixed in later patches. So. Oh, it might have. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I had fun with my time with it, but I will just say Tunic's a better game. It's incredibly clever. It's incredibly satisfying. Uh, what a treasure. <laughs> Charles, you want to jump on the uh, <laughs> on the winning team or? That's uh, it. <laughs> Listen, Andy can't was never going to be a good defense lawyer with this. uh attitude i can't <laughs> i can't switch his size even when he his job is to defend the other side i mean stranger uh, in paradise is pretty good mm-hmm. <laughs> is it better than uh, tunic though no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh i guess my vote doesn't matter on this one <laughs> who swayed you more though charles uh strangers in paradise did Oh really? Um, oh yeah. yeah. You love Final Fantasy and, and, and you love yeah. Soulsborne, so that does make sense. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the other thing too is just you know I understand um, Tunic as a whole and the, and the way that Discovery should be enchanting and fun, but to yeah. be honest, with the way uh, it's described, I don't I don't find that fun actually. <laughs> like the of being like you knew you 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 could do it already if you knew it because. Um, for me, I, I am curious when I play new games and I do want to try new things and I want to explore it. If the, one of the main like fun things is just to be told, Hey, you could do this all along. It bothers me. Um, uh, and I, and I'm not going to say this is bad game design because they're doing this intentionally. It's not necessarily, it's not like bad game design. This is like part of their thing to be fun and to explore. Um, but I, you know, I don't find that to be charming. Hmm, interesting. Hmm. Fair enough. All right. Next, we have uh, the the battle of the narrative games: immortality mm-hmm. versus the quarry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Charles, do you want to go first with the quarry? No, no, no. Let's keep it going with the top to bottom. Okay. Uh, I was the only one who played immortality. Um. I talked about it again, um, not too, not too uh, distantly in the podcast, but immortality is, Oh God, I'm blanking on his name. Oh, I don't remember the, her story guy. Oh, yeah. it must not be that great. <laughs> <laughs> what, what quiet down over there. listener? That's it. Don't uh, let it let but, speak. Immortality uh, stretches the, de- the definition of what a game could be because I, and I have said this, it's not super close to being, I mean, and it's almost a point and click. Um, it that is a game where you are. Pres- yes, I know, Andy. Uh, <laughs> it's, 
But it's not really a point and click, though. That's the thing. The game is presented to you entirely through this menu of film reels where you go through and watch these live action FME videos about this mystery involving this one actress who is in three movies that were never released. Um, And you are trying to figure out the mystery of what happened to her. Um, There are twists and turns in it. It. It is not as straightforward as I am describing it, but to say too much more would be a spoiler. Um, actually, that's a good question. How would we want to handle spoilers for games on this? Because we're gonna talk about God of War Ragnarok later too. No, no, don't, spoil I, it. Say, don't spoil it. No spoilers. Okay. Okay. Um, so I won't. I won't spoil the um, the story. But essentially, you go through. You scrub through these um, FMV videos, going back and forth. And as you do that, you will find mysteries and clues mm. that you can then click and zoom in on, and it will take you to another film reel that that will be unlocked based on the context sensitive item you click in All the right. game. But you can click on anything. It's not like it's just a highlighted thing. You can click on anything and the game somehow knows how to put that to the next scene where it's like if you click on a flower, it will then take you to a flower in another scene. That's interesting. It's it's a very interesting experience. It's unsettling in oh, some points. Sure. Um, it The end narrative really kind of plays with you as the player and how that is involved. It narratively is... Um, we talked about this with the Game Awards, I think is narratively the best narrative that mm-hmm. came out this year, even mm-hmm. above God of War Ragnarok. Mm. And we'll talk about that later. But um, yeah, it's I think this is a fantastic game, even if it's barely a game, in my opinion, and more of just an experience. Right. Mm-hmm. Charles, the quarry. Listen, for the past decade or so, mm-hmm. horror has been you know, moved around with the fad, you know, it's a, for early 2010s or so, there was, it was like more like torture porn type of things with like saw and everything else. And there's been slasher movies and all this other stuff. But I think the future of horror films should be games like the quarry. Oh, right. Because the quarry and uh, all these games by, um, what was it? Is it super massive? I think it's super massive. Yeah. Yeah, all these games by Supermassive, um, they fill a very particular niche of game that is really not like, uh, not really filled anywhere else. Um, like, there are people like Quantic Dream who do these like choice driven games, but this is strictly a horror. Like, they're like Supermassive is focused strictly on horror esque genre, and it's really fun. Um, I think with the Quarry, that's probably their best one so far. They had other games like the Dark Picture anthology games, but uh, for some reason, I don't know, they probably use the B and C teams on those games because Ooh. Quarry is much better. <laughs> Even yeah, with um, like the the Devil in Me game that came out just um, early in December, um, the Quarry is still so much better. It's it's written better. There's more memorable characters that are actually likable. Um, it has Brenda's song in it. And people love Brenda's song, including me. Um, and there's something about a game that has it has about 168 different endings, uh, you know, depending on who survives, you know, what happens, and all this other stuff. But I really enjoyed actually some of the winking and nodding to tropes 
Um, for instance, there's a there's an instance where um, a certain character could be the last one left, and the chapter, even though it's not necessarily the end of the game, uh, well, where the game would normally end, changes and says final chapter, and it says final girl, which is a mm. horror movie trope. Um, in the sense mm-hmm. of there's always normally like one last person left, and it's normally a woman, the virgin. Um, and, um, you know, it updates itself on this. So I feel like with the quarry, you know, it's, it's very lovingly made. It has a very specific niche, specific niche, and it's been very fun to explore. And it kind of makes you want to deep dive and go, I want to play this again because I want to see all these other branching paths. And that could be, you know, a lot more hours that you pour into this game just for replayability. And so in terms of impact, like it stuck with me a lot more because it's like, oh, I wonder if Emma dies this early or, um, you know, if Caitlin can live, what happens if Josh does this and all this stuff. And it's really fun to just kind of branch and explore and think about what could be done differently. I will say um, in terms of that impact thing, Charles, and that stickiness, right, of how it like I, I agree like that. All those endings that those are the best part of those until we on games, right? I think does it have like um how Detroit being human had that thing where you can like jump backwards, try play different decisions quickly or um there is a mode where you can do that. The okay. the normal mode doesn't, but yeah. like um there's like a director mode. Actually, and that's the other thing about the game. It comes with a lot of different things. Like there's a theater mode where you can set the parameters of the characters and then just press play and you don't have to do anything uh oh yeah i remember i saw that that was very clever yeah yeah, so you could just kind of see like what those stats would like affect for the player for the characters if you didn't touch it yourself so you just watch it play out and you could just mess with all the parameters or do specific things and see what happens Um, so i will say one last thing on immortality is i still think about the ending of that game now um it i can't say anything because it'll ruin it but it is impacts or it it will challenge your perspective as the player slash viewer of media Mm. and in a way that i have not seen anything else ever done Mm. i'd like the quarry (laughs) (laughs) I, i i've watched people play the quarry i think immortality is something special Hmm. So, which one? That's that's you, that's you Andy. You're, oh, you're I'm the tiebreaker. Yeah. So I played the quarry. I agree with everything Charles said. I, through my own decisions, I lost a character I was very invested in. It was very painful, um, and I, <laughs> I still feel that pain when we played it since. Um, but I will say from James, how you described immortality, I think I have to pick that. It just, it sounds, it sounds so interesting in terms of like something new to experience. I think what the quarry does, it does incredibly well, incredibly well. Um, but you're navigating a slasher film, right? Maybe not slasher per se, but in, in, in that type of thing. And it does it the best. It's the best you could do it. Um, but immortality sounds new and interesting to me. So I'm going to choose that. I'm sorry, the quarry. I feel bad. I, I, I mean, like, so I did randomize. I moved a couple of these around because I'm like, I didn't want like two heavy hitters to like go against each other in the first round. Mm-hmm. But like 
Immortality of the Quarry was one that just came up in the random, and I'm like, that is an interesting fight. Yeah, that sucks that they were paired together so quickly. Yeah. Um, They're both, well, I haven't played Immortality, but the Quarry is very good. Yeah. Very good. God, the graphics are so good. It's mind-blowing. It's mind-blowing. I'm begging you to, you can beat Immortality in a day. Mm. Just play it. (laughs) Is it on PS5? I don't know. I hate playing (laughs) on my computer. It's uh is it a, well it's, i'll look later yeah, i'm begging well, you to play this is like when i begged you to play outer wilds and then you outer did wilds like, was excellent james oh, you're so right stupid game pass game screw you <laughs> screw it. you i haven't played outer wilds yet i'll get to it sometime. It's very good I, I have a feeling i have a feeling i'm gonna play penitence and have the same argument with you guys in a couple of weeks but we'll get there <laughs> that's it um, you, that's it you got penitence already i i, I haven't played it yet Ah. that and like citizen sleeper are kind of my gaps which i know are supposed to be very good games but i just didn't get to them um so all right immortality moves on to the next round and here we have kirby oh this is we don't neon white it's uh andy played kirby i played half of kirby charles did you play kirby nope did you play neon white nope andy did you play neon white no okay so just but it's kirby it's just Kirby. It has to be. <laughs> you gotta well, explain the game, Andy. <laughs> Kirby was perfect. This is specifically Kirby and the Forgotten Lands, I think, is the full title. Correct. Correct. Um, and it's just, it's the next mainline entry in the Kirby saga. And you play as Kirby whisked into a world destroyed by capitalism. And it's brilliant. It's so much fun. I know there was the whole jokes of because with the the gimmick this time is you can inhale large objects and then control them um, and use their properties to solve puzzles like eating a whole car or eating a traffic cone or eating a uh, oh you can fill yourself full of water and just it's it's just a gimmick but the whole the whole thing that makes it refreshing is fun and fun is the way they lay out the levels this isn't 2d this is 3d exploration it's the kind of thing where they hide different things um optional things to find in the level so you can decide your own difficulty it's just insanely cute and i loved and became obsessed with the message of it and then we all remember my – I just became obsessed with Kirby. I built a shrine to him. I built a model kit. I have little uh, stands, a friend. It has seam me. lines that you can see from the air. Uh, you cannot, you monster. We can't even <laughs> joke about that, James. Those seam <laughs> lines destroyed me. Um, but I love Kirby and I was amazed. I was probably a little bit too obsessed with it, but – um, it brought me a lot of joy and it was great. I I think to give a slightly less um, <laughs> fanatical uh, explanation of it, uh, I played half of it. I didn't drop off for any particular reason. I think I just had another game I wanted to play and I never got back to it. Um, I probably will at some point, uh, especially considering what I've heard from a lot of people. But it, it is... It's a it's it's a Kirby game, right? It's you inhale things, you use it to fight cutesy animals. Um, it's a bit of a three D to two point five D platformer kind of deal. This one I wouldn't it's, call two point five. Well, they have they have parts that are kind of like flat, right? Didn't they? Mm. I actually maybe I'm thinking about I it wrong. Remember. 
Yeah, it's well 3D. It's 3D platformer. Um, what made this one fun was it was full 3D. Yeah, that actually that's the point, right? Yeah, they they took Kirby, they put him in a full 3D world. Mm-hmm. Not since like Kirby 64, I think. Have they done that? Honestly, I that's the only one I could think of was Kirby 64. Yeah. Um and it it's really they took all the lessons of like current game design and apply them to Kirby and I've heard it also has like a very like interesting difficulty curve. Like after you beat the game, it opens up like the nightmare bosses and things mm-hmm. like that. And they are challenging from mm-hmm. all intents and purposes, uh, which is not what you usually think of in a Kirby game. You think of mm-hmm. Kirby game as kind of being like, you know, easy, right? I, I was watching someone play Kirby dreamland um, a couple of weeks ago and it was like, you could, beat that game with your eyes closed if you wanted to but it doesn't mean it was bad but it does mean it's like how that kind of difficulty curve for kirby is and they've actually found a way to elevate it but not Mm -hmm. take away what curve makes kirby special Mm -hmm. that's a good way of putting it too is that it introduces difficulty in a way that keeps it challenging if you want the challenge i think that was probably one of the reasons i engaged with it so much Mm -hmm. god i oh my god um i'll 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 martyr myself for neon white um (laughs) uh, neon white is a weird ass indie game (laughs) that came out this year it is uh a it is a first person 3d platformer where you are given cards uh that have effects that allow they're each guns right but you can use them to traverse levels in a quick way the whole point of this game is to beat a level as quickly as you can um and there are different like it's like bronze silver gold ace metal depending on how fast you do it and the whole point of the game is trying to figure out how to beat these levels faster how to figure out shortcuts to move through the levels quicker how to use your weapons and cards to improve your time and is addicting in a way that i really can't explain unless you play it mm-hmm. um it's your it the game every moment of that game reinforces the idea that you are here to replay it and to replay it faster sure and you feel good too like you it's mm-hmm. a puzzle game it's it's set up as a puzzle and the and when you solve the puzzle you get the ace medal so mm-hmm. you keep wanting to go back and solve the puzzle of how to how to beat the levels faster you know the the kinetic movement of it is good the you know the momentum it feels good to play there's also a weird visual novel part of it for the story that makes no sense (laughs) um i skipped through a lot of it to be honest with Mm -hmm. you because every level of the game was so fun to play Mm -hmm. um that being said i think i would still give it to kirby over this game i think neon white is a new and interesting game but I don't think it's so it didn't it didn't stick the landing in every place it needed to mm-hmm. to to beat something where it's like Kirby taking off on the next level. Mm-hmm. How say you, Charles? Just say Kirby. <laughs> Kirby's the best. You know, thinking about it, I actually would. Well, OK, <laughs> here here's what I demand of both of you. Oh, sure. are your votes. Oh, I'm voting Kirby. Kirby. Okay, it doesn't matter. Um, I <laughs> yeah, but I, I, hear you. I want your opinion. That's the yeah. whole point of the fucking podcast. <laughs> what, would, what would you? What would you have decided yeah. though? Knowing each. Um, knowing each, 
Um, I think it was a much more better explanation of all the all the stuff that makes the game interesting to Neon White. Oh, Her, screw you. Like, Andy's impassions plead to emotion is not enough for me. Who wants to get I had to come in and help game. Andy. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I, I would much, pre- you know, this is what I, you know, I don't know much about these games. I, I need this description to actually mm-hmm. tell me mm-hmm. yeah. what's so great about the game. <laughs> I told you, joy. It's joy. <laughs> joy. Joy. <laughs> Listeners, I'm doing this for you. I'm trying to demand <laughs> better explanations for you. Don't be sorry. Yeah. Be better. Yeah, exactly. Uh, all right. So Charles is going for Neon White, which I appreciate, Charles. I, I do. Neon White is, I don't think any game on here is bad. And there are no games on this list that are bad. Mm-hmm. Maybe Pokemon Legends. <laughs> 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 but, but, um, yeah, I, I, I do appreciate giving i i think you would like neon white if you played it and it plays great on the steam deck i played it mostly on the steam deck Ooh. uh right. ruby do it next Kirby's we perfect. have sifu the fighting game oh, versus yeah. dying yeah, light fighting. 2 uh andy did you play dying light 2 i did not did you play sifu you bet not okay so charles and i played both these games Ooh. which one do you want charles um that's it i technically have not finished the fifth stage of sifu oh really so i uh yeah that's it i i I treat sifu like a game i could just come back to and pick up so um i think i would be better talking to dying light too okay uh all right so sifu i think slow cat did slow clap make sifu uh, yeah it, it doesn't matter <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, yeah. slow cap absolver oh yeah that's right the absolver devs um that's exactly why this game's so good um if you never played absolver absolver was this weird kind of always online mmo uh martial arts game <laughs> that was fun but didn't really have it was missing something um i think sifu is their second attempt at that and their better attempt at that uh, Sifu is a martial arts uh, action adventure game where you play as the disciple of a slain master by your brother. <laughs> um, and you have to progress through five action, you know, karate martial arts movie stages and do some of the best martial arts combat ever put to a video game since probably Jade Empire. Mm-hmm. Um and if you don't know what Jade Empire is, that means you were born too young. Uh, but yeah, it, it is a game that feels good to play when you're playing it. When you figure out the systems and you're playing it well, you feel like a martial arts master. Um, it has a very interesting mechanic where when you fail, you die, quote unquote, <gasps> but you come back to life and age older. And as you age older, you get certain benefits in terms of damage, but your health goes down. So it's it's kind of interesting. The game ad- adapts to you and tries to help you, but also takes things away to make it harder for repeated failure. Um, there's people who can beat the game without dying once. You stay age 20. Or there's people like me who like strategically died five times on the last stage and ended up going into the fight at like age 25 and ending at age 65. <laughs> um, <laughs> so it's... It is probably 
I can't think of a game that's gotten the martial arts combat better than Sifu and the the whole idea of being a martial artist. Um, you f- you feel good playing it. This and just the art style and the sound design is not unique to Sifu, but it is incredible. Like it, every stage feels like a painting. Every fight scene feels designed and thought through and the whole environment changes during boss battles to become even more scenic it's just a beautiful game charles come dying light too that's it let me level with you uh listeners (gasps) dying light 2 falls flat on its face with its ending (laughs) Uh, yeah it did (laughs) well, well let's put that out of the way what what's the story but the journey itself right so Let's talk about that. Mm-hmm. Dying Light 2, if people aren't aware, is a open world parkour game that has zombies in it. And the way I'm describing it that way is because it's very important for you to understand how important it is to like parkour um, movement in this game. Because it is the main way you traverse the world. And when you get good at it, when you get used to the controls, which doesn't take that long, it is fun. It is so fun to just run around, you know, leap over buildings, take a like air duct that is uh, pushing air out so that you could pump up your parachute to lift you up in the sky and, and then traverse halfway through the city before going back and jumping onto roofs and running again. It is incredibly fun to explore an abandoned city. And then if you want to be to make things interesting, you fight zombies. <laughs> and, and the zombies are, you know, the zombies are there. There's a lot of zombies on the ground that are really slow. But the different zombie types that get added, the day-night cycle where um, more interesting mutated zombies come out, are more likely to come out at night, and the, all the zombies get more parkour athletic. Um, those are interesting and very um, heart-pounding, I would say, sequences when you're being run around and chased by athletic zombies. It is so... Um, it it absolutely raises your heart rate a little bit as you go because you're just like, okay, need to jump on this, do that. Oh my God, there's a zombie right there. All right, keep running. And you just keep going. It's like this constant puzzle until you feel like you're safe. And it is very fun. It is Ooh. enjoyable to just go around and do that. And, um, you know, the story up till the ending was pretty, pretty good, I would say. It has Rosario <laughs> Dawson in it. Rosario oh, yeah, that's right. Dawson oh. is great. <laughs> yeah. uh, she actually, yeah, it seemed like she actually did not phone it in. Well, yeah, she a gave thing. a shit. Yeah. yeah. You know, a lot of celebrities don't necessarily get it, um, but she did. Um, and so there was a lot of fun times there. Um, and, you know, I, you know, I said the ending is bad. The reason why I say it's bad is because they rushed the ending. That is it. If they actually had time, if they decided to give time to that ending it would be satisfying, but they don't, they rush it. And mm. so I, I, I give that less of a problem you know, of a, a bad mark than I would normally, just because the bones and structure were there and then they had to just release the game. So, so, um, it, you know, it is still a bad mark, not as bad mark as I would say for like a bad written story altogether. Um, yeah, I think dying yeah. light Two famously was delayed like four times. Yeah. Oh wow! Yeah. yeah, and then they were like, "You're not 
you, you're not getting out. a fifth. Yeah. It's coming out. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yes, if, if you just want to know what it feels like to just find a city as your playground, play Dying Light 2. Get mm. used to it. Just see everything throughout the city. You don't yeah. have to ignore the story. Just run around it. It's a fun playground. The parkour is excellent to the point where you can actually get to places that the game, like, you, you would get other skills and like stamina upgrades that would make it easier to get to certain places. But if you're good at the game, you can get there whenever you want. And that to me says that's a well thought out system where it's like they reward skill and then the upgrades only just take down the skill ceiling to make it easier. Mm-hmm. What are your votes? I still, I still think Sifu's better. <laughs> what do you think, Charles? Um, I would actually say Sifu as well. Oh, because I was going to say, in my expert opinion, I was going to say Sifu. All right. <laughs> it sounds like it did something, right? Not that Dying Light didn't. I don't want to frame it like that. But um, I, I would also say Dying Light 2 is not a gigantic upgrade over Dying Light 1. <laughs> oh, sure. The map is bigger and more interesting, but I don't think they did anything mm-hmm. different than like mm-hmm. Dying Light 1. Would you, Charles? They added a glider. Yeah, uh, they smoothed it. They smoothed it out. I would, yeah, yeah. I would say it wasn't different. I think they fixed the kinks. Yeah. Uh, hmm. Well, congratulations, Sifu. Hope you don't go up against Kirby. Uh, this is interesting because I don't think either of you played either of these games. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me more. Did either of you play Vampire Survivors? No. All right. All right. Here, did either of you play Power Wash Simulator? All right, James. Here's, I watched here's what I'm gonna do. play it. I'm gonna. Okay. I'm gonna. I'm gonna look at gameplay for both, and I will speak to defend one of them. <laughs> I can defend uh, Power Wash. Oh, Power yeah, Wash is it, probably right? easier to defend because Vampire mm. Survivor requires a little explanation. You know what? Good point. That's it. Well, that's it. Whatever you guys want to do, I can be All the right, judge. I'll, I can do both, honestly. It's no, not, I want to defend Power Wash. Okay. <laughs> okay, uh, big baby. <laughs> you go defend your Power Wash. Listen, all right? It's a moment for me to connect with Crony. Give me this. All right. Vampire Survivors is a 2D game where your only inputs are up, down, left, and right in diagonals. That's it. You play as one of, I think, now like 35 characters at this point. Um, And your main goal basically is to survive on several one of several maps for 30 minutes. And you do that via gathering upgrades. There are you get six weapon slots and you get six um, kind of like bonus or like uh I don't know, what would you call them? Like stat slots or something like that to a certain extent. Ability slots. There we go. Um, and if you match the right weapon to the right abilities, you can evolve those weapons into even more special weapons, which can then also have other evolutions too. Mm. The game has actually gotten surprisingly deep with more releases. Um, and you say, but if my inputs are only da- the movement, how do I use the weapons? You mm-hmm. don't. The weapons use oh. themselves. You're your job is to basically either build up a build where you can stand still and kill without joking 
upwards of 80,000 monsters in a wow. 30 minute time span. Wow. Uh, I, I, I um, just did two the other day that required me to kill 100,000 on one level. Um, Holy cow. Remember State of Emergency? <laughs> uh, how many enemies can you fit on screen basically oh, I, yeah i fit it, it, it's it's a uh, it's it's very pixelated it's or it's pixel graphics it's very early 90s um but there is a charm to that it's very castlevania inspired um and it's just like a serotonin factory mm. like the best way i could describe it to you is it's that you get the same kind of joy out of it you would get out of a clicker game Sure. Um, where you're just kind of watching numbers go up, mm-hmm. but it requires just that barest amount of input and decision making from you from sure. like making weapons and doing dodging and trying to move yeah. around the map to get like health upgrades and stuff like that, mm-hmm. that it keeps you engaged. Like those 30 minutes fly by every mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. Um, they, the game is ridiculously cheap it was for the longest time 199 i think it's 399 now they have also released it it's 399 otherwise it's a whopping five dollars yeah um and it's currently for free on ios and android why is it free? because uh it is ad supported but you only have to watch an ad if you've been playing a level for 10 minutes and die and want to get a revive, oh. you can watch an ad to get a revive, but you don't, that is not the only way to get a revive. There are mechanics in the game, either via ability items or power-ups sure. that give you revives anyway. So you don't have to do that. Cool. So this, it is a cheap free game, depending where you play it on. It plays great on Android. I've heard it plays great on iOS as well. Um, and it's just so simple. Mm-hmm. It's such. It, uh, I heard someone else describe it. It, it. it just goes to show that if you have an idea that's so perfect mm-hmm. that everything else around it is almost immaterial. Mm-hmm. And just this idea of like you just have to sur- move and survive for 30 minutes on this map is is such a simple idea. And they execute it on it perfectly. Mm-hmm. It is addicting in a way i don't think the 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 next best game i can compare it to is like balloons tower defense oh sure yeah yeah (laughs) it's just that kind of weird addiction to it it's so fun Mm. it's so fun i i i have i've come back i think i started playing that game in like march i'm still playing it wow i come back to that game all the time yeah, it sounds super interesting. Yeah. Charles, I mean, play for free on iOS or Android now. Mm-hmm. See mm-hmm. what you think. Mm-hmm. Power Wash Simulator. Who wants to give it a crack? Me. Listen, I have seen about 15 minutes of this game. Jesus Christ. And it was when Crony, when I was, I think it's when I was obsessed with Crony. Um, she was playing this game. Even when you started being obsessed. What? No. <laughs> I am no longer obsessed. Okay. Um, I am subscribed, but I'm no longer obsessed. Uh, she did play through Kirby. I watched a bit of that. But Power okay. Wash Simulator. So as I understand, you you play. You It, it is a self-insert. You insert yourself into this world. It is a first-person game. Mm-hmm. And you are tasked with cleaning a dirty room. Um, I watched Crony clean a subway 
And what you do is you take your power wash. I think there's different nozzles and you can like yep. turn the nozzle and you just clean dirt. It's kind of like yep. it's literally just power washing and you yep. see it go from super dirty to clean. And one thing I was actually impressed with power wash simulator is that it's smart enough to know what you're cleaning. So it can give you a percentage of how clean like the light is and it'll tell you when the light is clean or when the column is clean or so you're constantly hitting um these these small metrics so you constantly feel like you're improving or you're doing good um and crony loved it she had a great time it is perfect for streaming right you just get it's it's mindless yet you have all these hundreds of dollars thrown at you in the chat to say their name and um, she says it. she plays it in her own time. I don't know if she does. Maybe she does. I believe Crony. I believe her. Um, but it was a super interesting game. I would say, though, I just – is it something – it feels like it's something you need to do while you're doing something else. Does that make sense? Like it, it feels like, a, like a, you have to be like watching a YouTube video or something. Like I don't know if it's engaging enough. Um, but certainly more engaging than Vampire Survivor. So I, there we go. <laughs> I think I, I would actually argue the other way around where Power Wash Simulator was the game that I turned off my brain to play. Mm, mm. That was that was a game where it went for me and I, I have beat I have played every level of Power Wash Simulator and beaten it. Um, yeah. And yeah, I, I think you hit it right on the, the head, Andy. It's it's a game that just rewards you. Yeah. That you're just constantly progressing and doing better and you feel in control because mm-hmm. you're just making things cleaner. You see your progress as you go. Mm-hmm. Um, so it just, you're, it, it just ticks that little part of your brain where it's like, I did something. <laughs> I made the yeah. world better by cleaning. Yeah. Uh, and you're <laughs> constantly told it. And I think yeah. it even does like a little pulse after you. Oh yeah. There's a little ding. Little yeah. It's ding. super satisfying. Yep. Um, which now makes me want to play it. Maybe I'll buy it. You should, Andy, okay. I'm going to be very honest with you. It is one of the more soothing games I've ever played. Why don't I have this? Is it but the, I will, I will say like the last one or 2% can really drive you fucking up. A yeah. Wall. I was watching her clean like uh subway yeah. tile and yeah. uh, the subway was, level had a lot of those. Yeah. I'm like, what the fuck is not clean in here? Yeah. Um, ugh, can this be on PS five? Anyways, uh, Charles, how do you vote? Mm-hmm. Vampire Survivors. There we go. That's fair. By you, a Andy. Rounded answer. It's published by Square Enix. Yeah. Oh, it's on PS Five. Oh, let's go. Andy, what are you, what are you, are you voting for? Power Wash? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Vampire. I, I've heard so many excellent things about Vampire. Um. I think it should Down, probably go to that. Download it on your phones. Yeah, I also, as much as I love Power Watch Simulator, I think Vampire Survivors is a better game. Yeah, the thing that actually uh, tipped me over is um, um, I have seen uh, general other people talk more about Vampire Survivor being even a game of the year contender itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, and while everyone likes Power Washing Simulator as a cool <laughs> down game, no one goes yeah. to bat for it for games. I, I have never I, I mean I beat the game and I have not gone back to it. So it's not yeah. it doesn't it doesn't have that lasting impact where it's mm-hmm. like I want to go back and clean more. I was like, no, if they release more levels, I might go back. 
mm-hmm. but I, I will never clean the same level twice. Yeah. Cause I won't get the same satisfaction mm-hmm. to clean, re cleaning a level. Um, they will be doing, um, AGDQ is this weekend, uh, starting January 6th. Oh. Uh, well, starting next week, starting this Saturday, this Sunday, whatever it starts on Sunday. Yes. It starts on Sunday this, um, next week. And there will be a power wash simulator speed run, which I that can't wait to, cool see. to see. I can't, I can't wait to see. Um, but all right. We are 57 minutes in this podcast and we have not gotten through. Oh the first my God. Time. All right. Let's crush these. Yeah. All right. Uh, who played horizon? I did. Charles did. And Charles did. I did. I and you played tiny Tina, right? I did. And I didn't play tiny Tina. Andy, did you play tiny Tina? Nope. All right. Uh, right, Horizon. Tiny Tina. Go for it. Yeah. Horizon Forbidden West is a sequel. (gasps) Uh, (laughs) No. Horizon Forbidden West is a good game with good mechanics. Um, You you play Aloy. You go to the western um, part of the trashed world. And you continue her story. And it's good. I like her story. I like playing as Aloy. But I think Horizon Forbidden West, the Horizon series lives and dies by its story. And Forbidden West is the biggest setup for a third game I have ever seen in my life. Oh, wow. (laughs) Um, They tried to really do like a Mass Effect 2 thing with it where they built you had like this base. You built up your companions and all that. And it was good and it was fun. Um, I just don't think it really iterated on its original formula in any special way. Mm-hmm. I think it again, Horizon Forbidden West is still a great game. It's still a game you should play. I just don't. This is weird because I don't know enough about Tiny Tina to say if it's better or worse than Tiny Tina's. I just know that like I have issues with Horizon Forbidden West that are probably going to keep it out of being in like the top five. Mm-hmm. But I still think it's a great game that everyone should play. I just want them to do better. If that sure. makes sense. Um, again, right. Plays Ayla, you fight um, robot dinosaurs <laughs> and animals um, and you, and you explore this, you know, post-apocalyptic robot animal dinosaur world. And it, it does that. Well, it does that great. It's fun to explore. It's fun. The, the missions are good. They've actually did a pretty good job of making the exploration of the world better. I will say that. Um, but I think the ending of it leaves you in such an unsatisfying place that it really soured me on the game. Oh, I don't know. How do you how did you feel about Charles? I, I know you're going to defend Tiny Tina, but how did does is your opinion of Forbidden West differ than mine? Nope, not at all. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right tiny tina go <laughs> all right tiny tina is a sequel <laughs> <laughs> uh, wait no no but they did something different in there so this is the new this is the borderlands game to be yes, fair. yes yes yeah. yes yes tiny tina's wonderland is um is a slight swerve on the borderland formula um basically the setup is that um it's actually a D&D uh, campaign that's being narrated by the titular character, Tiny Tina, uh, as voiced by Ashley Birch uh, of Life is Strange and um, actually Horizon for Horizon fame uh, and this game. Um, so the Borderlands formula is still there. It is a looter shooter uh, type of game. Uh, you know, you 
fight people, find better guns, equip better guns. But in this game, because it's D&D, it's crossbows uh, and spells <laughs> mm-hmm. instead of grenades. And your melee weapons are actual melee weapons instead. So it's like axes and great swords and all this other stuff. And, you know, the the same type of humor is there. The, you know, the narration, the jokes between characters, all the quips and fun stuff is there. Um, the one thing I think it's different from the normal Borderlands, though, that sticks out is that you traverse an overworld game board and you walk around between levels in, and you zone it to into zones. So it's not like, you know, one continuous world necessarily. I, I know Borderlands wasn't necessarily a full continuous world either. You kind of move from one end of the map to another end to get to a new zone. But in this one, it's kind of it's connected less from that like end of map mappiness to an overworld instead. Um, but it's honestly very enjoyable. And even for me, who gets bored of the same things a lot of the time, uh, Tiny Tina's Wonderland put a li- made it feel a little bit more fresh. You know, a new mm. fresh coat of paint, and you know, a different type of setting. It's not necessarily about the whole thing that's going on in Pandora. It's just a fun D and D setting where there's skeletons. Will Arnett voices the bad guy, and he sometimes narrates himself to get stronger if you beat him, which is kind of fun mm. um, <laughs> in general. And uh, to be honest with you, it's uh. It is definitely a fun thing to do with friends and even by yourself, but I definitely recommend it to do it with your friends because you just run around and, you know, explore and shoot people and sure. just laugh at the silliness of it all. Charles, who are you voting for? Uh, Horizon. Uh, I will. I've watched people play Tiny Tina's and it made me not want to play Tiny Tina's. <laughs> I think I, I mean, I, I think I'm just tired of the Borderlands formula at this point and it didn't seem so different. That I wanted to play Borderlands again. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd vote for Horizon too. Andy, did did you get swayed one way or the other? I'll vote Horizon. Okay. Right. I know I really liked the first Horizon. And I know I'm going to play the second one eventually. Tiny Tina, I was kind of turned off of as well. I cannot give you a good reason though. So I don't think it's like a valid criticism from me. But something was just off-putting about it. I don't know what it was. Hmm. Um. Maybe I I felt like maybe I don't know. It's not fair. I didn't play it, so I can't judge the tone correctly of it. But the tone was setting me off. All right. And an hour and four minutes. We are now at the last of our uh, sweet 16. Well, I mean, it should go by faster. Yeah, the next one. Well, the the top the top five are going to take a minute, but we'll see how long. Uh, So we have TMNT Shredder's Revenge, which all three of us played together yeah. at once um and return to monkey island which only andy played only um, i have done a lot of these so charles take shredder's revenge andy take uh, monkey island okay all right everyone i want you to go back and remember your childhood maybe you weren't so fortunate enough to you know play arcade games and uh or like you know be lucky that your relative got you a game and you got to play it together and play an arcade game but imagine what you think it would have been like <laughs> and that is exactly what tmnt shredder's mm-hmm. revenge is mm-hmm. it's exactly what you think the ideal arcade experience would be if you got to play it now and you can by playing this game which is mm-hmm. very cheap and doesn't take that long to finish but 
as you play it, if you even had a remote experience playing arcade games, you know, either, you know, in the actual arcade or with your friends when you got a Nintendo or a Sega, whichever, um, it feels fun again. It's and it and it takes you all the way back. It's not there's some nice little like quality of life improvements for you to play, so it's not like it's meant to suck all your quarters out, but it's it's just a great feeling as you play. You feel good as you beat things. It is it is definitely beatable. It's not meant for you to die hundreds of times, even though we did because we're just bad gamers. Um, <laughs> but uh, the you know the nice reminder of like not everything has to be that deep of an experience mm-hmm. some things can just be about the fun you know and even though my main requirement is impact there you know there is a place for things that are fun simple and take less than 3 hours <laughs> uh, and has a new wu-tang song <laughs> Oh yeah, that's oh, it. Yeah. And oh, everyone came back. Wu Tang Clan came in here and made a great soundtrack to the game. Uh, it was <laughs> it's so good. Like it's everything was. You could tell that the developers of this game did it with a with a love for the property, and everybody that got to be involved was just like, hell yeah, I want to be part of a TMNT game. And they did. <laughs> mm. They got to do it, and they got to make something they're proud of because it's a great game. Mm-hmm. That's it. I'd recommend it if I have four people to play with and X amount of time. I'd just be like, "Yeah, let's go connect, and we'll just play it." I'd play it again. Yeah, I'd play it again. It's not much of a time commitment, and it was fun. Mm-hmm. All right, Andy, Monkey Island. Tell Monkey. us about how, Ron, how. Tell us about why you made Ron Gilbert cry. <laughs> I did not. I retracted my criticism of the art style, um, and especially after playing it too, it does not give mobile game vibes. It's it's a different level of it. Um, but Return to Monkey Island um, is Monkey Island. It is it is just more Monkey Island. Um, what is Monkey yeah, Island? For I was just going to say that being um, yeah. an adventure game, uh, point and click, not first person, third person. Um, harking back to the scum days of Maniac Mansion, um, and then the Monkey Islands following that, and like Loom and like some other stuff. But uh, you just guide a character around, you talk to people, and you gain clues. You pick up items, and then you either combine them, and then you use them on stuff, and you move on to a new area, talk to new people, and repeat and. Not to make it sound drab, it's actually a very fun formula. Uh, the games are very funny. Um, it's endearing. You're laughing the whole time. Um, but no, it's nice that they made Return to Monkey Island. It's just more Monkey Island, though. And that's not a bad thing. But it's not like Monkey Island for a new generation, if that makes sense. But it doesn't need to be. Ron Gilbert what? asking for a new defense attorney. what's wrong with just more monkey island nothing but i don't know if it's a monkey island that would convince people to like it 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 wouldn't bring in new people it only i don't think it would and again a a game doesn't need to do that and it's actually kind of special to have something made that honors the old way of playing granted the the puzzles aren't as nebulous so i guess that's modernizing it right you're not doing the chicken pulley puzzle anymore, but it's it's good. 
and actually something that we should be thankful that we have. Maybe that's a reason to put it on here that we had some guy be able to return to a property and pour so much love into it to create something that genuinely honors what was before it. And we get to experience um, something new. I can't say fresh, but something new. Um, And that's pretty special. Uh, My vote goes to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, In my completely unbiased opinion, as someone who grew up with a drawing of all four Teenage Mutant Ninja Mm -hmm. Turtles over his Mm -hmm. bed, Mm -hmm. uh, I vote for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Mm I vote for monkey. No, <laughs> get out of here. Someone left. All right. <laughs> All right. Now we are to the elite eight. Let's oh. see how long it takes. Uh, hopefully it's not that bad. Uh, first up, we have Xenoblade Chronicles three V tunic. Um, um, we're not going to relitigate these. No. Um, but what I would say is, if you have a strong opinion as to why one should win over the other, speak up. Andy, I, I you and I are kind of the only ones yeah. who would have strong opinions on this. Um, you're the only one who's played both. Do I would you have a strong I would you would give, give it, it to Tunic. Xenoblade is an excellent JRPG, like genuinely excellent. Um, but Tunic was just such a joy, and it's it brings something new and clever. Literally something I don't think has ever been done before. Um, and it's such a joy to learn with it. So Tunix does something different. Sorry, Xenoblade. You do what you do yep. well, but. All right. I, I would also go Tunic. Yeah. Charles, that. Yep, yep, yep. Tunic it is. See ya. Right. Get wrecked. Next. Next. This this will be a divisive one. Kirby, <laughs> uh, move on. Yeah. <laughs> move on. Immortality. Kirby. The Kirby. Kirby. Um. Andy is going to work Kirby. Kirby. I think Kirby is a fantastic video game. Again, I've only played half of it, but I still do think it's a fantastic video game. I think, and I, I've said this several times that I think immortality stretches the the definitions of what mm-hmm. you can call a game. Mm-hmm. But I also think of an interactive game is the only way you could tell the story. Sure. Um, and I don't cur. At the end of the day, it's a very good Kirby game. Immortality is immortality. Mm -hmm. I don't think you could ever do another immortality. Sure. Kirby. Um, I I would go for immortality. How dare you? How dare you? How dare you? Charles, what do you got? Well, here's the thing. I would normally vote Kirby. Oh, my God. But what? Andy uh, voted against the quarry. So immortality. <laughs> no, no, no. I get an override button. Everybody gets an override. No, I'm no, overriding no. it. There is no way that Kirby's not moving on. Yeah, Kirby's not. not moving. It's not. <gasps> this, is, this is this is the the fairness of the, of the bracket. Carl's just said it wasn't. <laughs> we can't have Kirby. <gasps> mm. Mm. All right. Next, we have Sifu v. Vampire Survivors. Let's replace one of those with Kirby, though. Let's yeah, okay. Put that in there. Uh, <laughs> oh, no! I, I gave a very impassioned speech about why I think Vampire Survivors is a unique and serotonin-filled game. I think Sifu is still a better experience. You know how satisfying it is to beat the shit out of one particular person? Yes, yes, I do. When you pick yeah. up the fucking steel rods. <laughs> like, oh, the 
the absolute like, oh, you made a big fucking mistake being a part of this fucking evil group, did you? And you just beat the shit out of one person. And you feel it. There's like the impact feels good, the sound feels good. And then the music works as well, just the like the fucking I don't know what it is, just some chords that are playing, like dude. Yeah. And you're like, get the hell out of here. <laughs> so, you feel like you are hit. Like it is you feel like you are the the character on the screen beating them up, even though you're just sitting there in the dark with your controller <laughs> eating Doritos. <laughs> yeah. It sucks you in. Yeah. I I I so Charles, I think you and I Sifu. Yeah. Okay. Andy, what's your vote? Doesn't matter. Go on. <laughs> Good. I'm Next. so mad right now. <laughs> Andy, it's I, I I'm, I'm not actually to... that mad. But oh, uh, lastly, and I I really don't know the, which way this is one is gonna go. Put Horizon Forbidden. Horizon Forbidden West. That's not how the bracket system works. <laughs> Horizon Forbidden West versus Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge. I don't know. It's Horizons. Her, Horizon is a better game, but I enjoyed Shredder's Revenge more. Mm-hmm. Mm, uh, I don't know. Do you either, either so Charles, you would be the next is, one. What tips the scales for me is just a general um, attitude towards both, I think. And this is not fair to ter- uh, TMNT just because they don't get to have as much coverage. But I'd say Horizon. <gasps> that is the that is why you're playing against the big boys. You had yeah. I'll I'll go I'll go Horizon. Oh, I was gonna go TMNT. You can still go TMNT just to spite spite us, Andy. I'm you guys. It's All right, be in top five though. We'll just have to kick something out. That's okay. No, it won't. Uh, so <laughs> now we have our uh, final four, and now we have to rank. Uh. These games and drop one of them with God of War Ragnarok and Elden Ring. So what we I think what we should do is let's start. We'll get to litigating God of War and Ragnarok in a second. But out of I, I'm presumptively going to say we're not dropping God of War or Elden Ring out of the top five, right? Mm-mm-mm. No. <laughs> okay. Yes. So Tunic, Immortality, Sifu, and Horizon. Horizon Who are we dropping? Dropped. Um, I think we do have to drop Horizon. Sorry, right. Horizon, you're not a bad game. Okay, it just it just always bad. comes out at the worst. Times. Literally, yes, it's the curse of Horizon. Uh, like it's yeah, I'm sorry. It should have won Game of the Year, but Breath of the Wild came. Yeah. Out. yeah. Oh boy. All right. So now, now our top five will consist of Tunic immortality god we are such fucking art house nerds <laughs> sifu god of war ragnarok and elden ring uh, what should go in the number five slot oh uh, i'm too tilted all right repeat them again tunic immortality sifu god of war ragnarok and elden ring what should go into the number five slot i feel like immortality should go into the number five slot that's what i was thinking because it's lucky to be there (laughs) (laughs) oh you know what yeah yeah i'm fine with that (laughs) all right immortality number five number four uh 
Tunic, Sifu, God of War, Ragnarok, or Elden Ring? I Tunic. So it's it's gonna be Tunic or Sifu. <laughs> I think Sifu. I am really torn on this, and I think I'm Charles. What would you are 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 you gonna put Sifu at number four or Tunic at number four? I'm putting Tunic. Andy, you said Tunic at four. No, I think Sifu. Sifu at four. So I'm I'm the deciding vote. I love both these games. I'm going to put seafood at four. Oof. Okay. Um, only because Sifu is nothing new. It is just excellence, which is not mm. a, um, tunic not a has something. Thing, yeah. Um, are any of us going to rate Tunic over God of War or Elden Ring? <laughs> Speak no. now or no, for- <laughs> I didn't like Elden Ring, so I'm going to put Tunic above it. <laughs> Well, Charles and I are going to put it at three, so it doesn't matter what you say. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So now we have to decide between God of War Ragnarok and Elden Ring. Well, Elden Ring first Ring's trash, so put it All right. right. All right. Hold on. <laughs> so we have to litigate these two. Um, Charles, did you beat Ragnarok yet? Nope. Okay. I, so I'm the only one who's beaten Ragnarok. Charles, you and I have beaten Elden Ring. How far did you get in Elden Ring, Andy? Um, I fought a jumping cat. You fought the one of the underground watchers. Probably <laughs> and the that was it. One. And yes. then I tried. Oh no! I tried going to a castle, and then a guy jumped off a bridge. Forgot, and there was a bunch of people guy. shooting arrows at me. And I, I like, liked Bloodborne, game. Andy. What's that? Oh, I love <laughs> Bloodborne. All right, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um. This is now my full playthrough review of God of War Ragnarok. I will not tell any spoilers. Um, I will, however, make the vaguest of hints about some things um, just because I need to convey emotional impact. Uh, God of War Ragnarok is an excellent game. Um, gameplay wise, it is an evolution of God of War 2018. They stripped out a lot of the bullshit <laughs> that made 2018 not so fun. Um, and they kind of refocus the system in terms of gear and your weapons. It also helps that you start with your chaos blades immediately cool. in Ragnarok um, instead of being the big reveal halfway through in 2018. Sorry, play the game. Uh, <laughs> we all but, knew you were going to get it. Yeah, um, so it feels good. The story is the reason you come to play God of War Ragnarok. And um, I have said before, I think immortality has the best narrative. God of War Ragnarok is the 1B to Immortality's 1A. Mm. The beats in God of War Ragnarok hit on so many levels. I know people hated Atreus in one um, or in 2018. Um, They really went out of their way to make this game um, make you understand his thought process. He's still kind of a shitty teenager Mm -hmm. and you still kind of get mad at him, but you also kind of understand and the places they go in the story and, and with him makes it all make sense. Um, especially considering his past and where he's going in the future. Um, I think, but really it still ends up being Kratos's story. And at the end of the game, there are story beats that not only recontextualize the events of 2018, it gives meaning and fulfillment to the entire God of War franchise. Mm. Um, 
and as someone who's never played the first three God of War games, oh. um, I just I know the whole story. I know everything that happens. Mm-hmm. But there, I cried. There was an emotional impact from a the acting is great. Christopher Judge in his seven minute award speech um, mm-hmm. um, did a fantastic job and conveying through honestly not even like speech, right? Just acting. Mm-hmm. Um, emotional resolution to Kratos's story mm-hmm. um, is so fantastic that I, I don't want to take it away from anyone mm-hmm. um, in the same way. I'm begging everyone to play immortality. Um, if you give a shit about God of war, like this, the lore of God of war and Kratos, mm-hmm. the ending of this game is required viewing for you. Oh, um, it, I, desperately waiting for charles to finish it so i can talk to him about Mm -hmm. it um but yeah i think the the gameplay um the world of i think the world of ragnarok is not as good as the world of 2018 Mm. i like the open world in 2018 a little better in this one you're kind of jumping more between the different realms sure they feel a little more contained um Whereas 2018 felt a bit more sprawling when you went through Midgar. Midgar is now kind of very small. Um, it was all frozen over. But I still think, despite that, it is an excellent game. Uh, Elden Ring, Charles, go. Um, you know, earlier in the podcast, I was talking about like impact and like um, how, you know, if something leaves a lasting impression. I think we've talked about this a lot in all these other, you know, uh, games that we played i you know and i wanted to bring up that for me elden ring has given me the most lasting impact of all the games i played in this entire year and you know mm-hmm. even a couple other years so far um there's something about a open world action game that um when done in a when executed in a, properly can like sell you on the thought of adventure and then have it be this rewarding experience both in game and socially. Um, I think uh, personally playing Elden Ring, not just went by myself when I was like excited because I just needed to play it and everyone is working. So I can't talk to them about it, but as soon as they're off work, we're getting on a call so that we can all talk about, you know, what we're doing while we're playing the game and still be playing separately. We're not even joining each other's worlds yet. We're just talking separately. Mm. There was one time that I was in a far east land and James and Alex were in the far west lands. And we didn't intersect for like two to three days. And we were just exploring (laughs) different areas. And And we would just talk. We would talk. We'd be like, hey, did you find this while you were there? No. What what were you talking about? I went all over that place. And it's like, no, (laughs) this is right here. It it, it was incredible. I, I... can't think of another game we've had that experience with where we were just excited to be in the world and talk to each other about it. Yeah. And and it was just this, like this, you know, this both social and like personal experience of just going through the world and knowing that the stuff that you find is notable and gameplay impactful because the things you get that you find all over the world are not useless baubles but things that can affect your gameplay if that's what you want to do. So like, because they give you so many chances to respec, you could find new spells or weapons that you think are cool that even if you couldn't do it, 
you go back, respec, and I'll try it out. Oh, I didn't like it. I'm going to respec again and try go back to my old build. You just get to experiment and try everything. All the rewards are about updating your gameplay in some way or another. If you're bad at the game, all the different helpful mechanics like summons and spirits and um, and like finding cheap runes all over the place. So if you can't kill things, just scrounge for skulls to level up. Like are all these different ways that if you're bad at this game, you can still play the game and progress. Like um, there was one day I spent the entire afternoon in the Eastern land. Cause I, in a cannon, in a Canyon far down, I saw a fucking building and a path. And I went, how the fuck do you get down there? And I ran, I ran with my horse all along the Canyon up and down going, is there a cave? Is there a cave? Is there a cave? I found caves. They did not lead down there. I still thought that was fun. The type of joy and excitement going, there's a cave, go in, kill everything. There's not another door here. Where is it? <laughs> and then and then finding out that the like you know the method to go there isn't even there. It's in the western half. I was like, no goddamn way. <laughs> and like, you know, again, like that social excitement too of like what there was a time when uh our friends were saying like there's this huge underground area. And I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? I've never seen it. They're just like, yeah, it's around. It's around somewhere. And I was like, you bitches. And I would just <laughs> run around and just try to find it until I finally found it. And I went, this is incredible. <laughs> um, it's, it's just this level of excitement, a joy of exploring, and knowing that all the exploring you're doing is still meaningful. It doesn't feel like you're wasting time like, oh, I just went here and I found this stuff that I can't use and, uh, you know, and it's really didn't progress me in the story at all. No, everything is meaningful because it either uh, gives you a new option for gameplay or you just level up with experience. And there's so much stuff to explore. I felt bad logging out of the game finally. Cause I was like, I just want to keep seeing what's around here. Mm -hmm. And like, and so I just didn't want to leave. And so I think this is why Elden Ring had the biggest impact. I still like to think about it. I like to listen to the soundtrack half the time. Um, like they they have such a good musical score with everything, exploring new areas. There's one time you get teleported to a city and you see oh, yeah. enemies. You see enemies in front of you, and they're playing the trumpet. And the soundtrack for the area is with trumpets. <laughs> and then you kill them. And then the trumpets are still playing. You're like, oh, these enemies aren't actually playing that music. It's just the soundtrack for the thing. But that's how good they like synced it up that you like you see the enemies raise up trumpets and then the soundtrack kicks in and you're like, yeah, it's all part of it. Hmm. And it's so good. It like, yeah. Also, oh. underground uh, Star City is beautiful. <laughs> Where is that, Charles? You just have to find it yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I think, too, um, one of the things that came up is when you start the game, they constrain the map. Um, oh, yeah. And and not only in just, like, areas are grayed out, they zoom the map in so you can only see the part that you've explored. And I remember we all started the game and went, this is a pretty good-sized map. Um, and then as we explored, it started getting bigger. And you go, oh, wow, there's this whole other area. Well, certainly that's it. No, there was another one. And another one. And an the world of Elden Ring is so ridiculously large and full of things, not random things. 
specifically and intentionally placed things that it it feels almost MMO-ish, right? Of how they went in and crafted a world for people to live in. It's ridiculous. I don't think I am hard pressed to think we will get another game that will exceed Elden Ring. Mm-hmm. Um, because I, I I talked a lot about Tunic being a love letter to like old Zelda, right? Elden Ring is kind of like the the final evolution of like a Zelda game. And Miyazaki yeah. has talked about that, right? That the Soulsborn um idea came from Zelda. Mm-hmm. Um so it, it's just I'm sure someday someone will make a game better than Elden Ring, but for right now, I don't know how they could do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, uh, that excitement of like accidentally getting caught in a teleportation trap and then it yeah. sends you to um the city or taking a random teleporter and finding yourself in uh tornado dragon town in the middle of the sky <laughs> which I, yeah. that's not the real name i just love describing it as that and it was so cool because i'm not wrong i'm describing it as tornado dragon town and you'll get it when you see it <laughs> <laughs> um andy do you want to make any sort of impassioned speech about ragnarok or elden ring no I hated Elden Ring, but the way you guys talk about it, it's supposed to be good. I think you're more mad that I didn't like the game. Like, why can't I enjoy it? Well, I I think if we get you to play on PC with like the uh, gross, they well, you can play with controller still. But also (laughs) there's a there's a there's a mod that makes the uh, co-op a lot more seamless and better. Mm -hmm. Um. And I think maybe that might be the way to play. See, that's the thing, though. And uh, this is self-imposed, and I've been yelled at it about it before. But one thing that's intriguing to me about Elden Ring, at least as I'm understanding, is just the loneliness of it, right? It's this adventure that you go on by yourself. And that's very interesting to me. You Um, don't have to, though. No, but that is what I would prefer. Um, Okay. Like, and that was one thing that was fun to me about Breath of the Wild is like, I just like the ideas of adventures of going on your own and not having like the annoying talking sidekick, right? Um, and the sidekick would be me, your friend, Andy. That's okay, fair way to put it like that. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> but I, it's interesting you called it as the final evolution of Zelda because yeah. I remember when I played Skyward Sword, I was in love with it, but I hated Fee or Fi, but everybody did, yeah. right? Um, and then it just made me dream of the Zelda where you could explore yourself. Like yeah. that's the perfect because you've always had a fairy in Zelda. And to have a Zelda where you explore by yourself. So I think that's something I just want. And Elden Ring, I wanted that. Um, but I, I didn't rage quit because I wasn't playing with someone. I rage quit it because I don't know. Maybe I'll go back to it. I almost you sold should, my copy, but maybe I'll go, go back. back to it. You guys love Randy, it. I have a second copy. I could keep. Oh, that's right. That's right. <laughs> oh my god! I, I have I have four copies of this fucking game. <laughs> yeah, and, and you know, and Andy, if you want to play like alone, like don't join the world. I mm-hmm. would, yeah, that could be fine. I would be all for us, like not maybe not playing together, but if you want to be on a call, mm-hmm. sure, so playing you, and I like, and I'll like, because I'll build a new character just to play by myself and just mm-hmm. play along. So mm-hmm. you could at least get that social experience of just yeah, like, that's what 
it reminded me of just like playground talk. Yeah, just, it was. Yeah, it was, it was absolutely was. playground talk. It like there'd just be times when like James would just be like, "Oh, I just ran into this guy fucking again." Did you guys kill blah blah blah? And we're like, well, "I don't know what you're talking about." Oh, you'll see. <laughs> uh, there was even one night. Um, like the cats get how many heads? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. That's it. There's one, there's a, we had to fight two bosses at once. And I was like, James, I'm, oh, yeah. not, I'm not about to deal with this. I don't want to respect. To do, like, there's a way where you're like, okay, if I respect, yes, this will be easy. I don't want to respect. So I'm calling in a friend. <laughs> <laughs> and we just like split up in 1v1 a boss each. And we just dealt with it. It was like, there's just, there's that fun. And it's built in the game. It's part of the game. You can do that. So. Like, I mean, maybe that atmosphere will help spur you on. Could be. Yeah. I mean, maybe I'll revisit it, but I have enough games I want to play that I will never play. So it's just <laughs> like, where does it fall on the list? I don't know. Yeah. But just every time I hear you guys talk about it, it's just like, man. Andy, I, I mean, I have a lot of ideas of what I'm going to do on that flight to Japan. Mm-hmm. One of them is just to play Elden Ring. <laughs> 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 Um, well, I'll say though, I think from everything everybody's been talking, unfortunately, Elden Ring is game of the year. I do believe Elden Ring oh, is yeah. the inaugural add to party game of the year. Um, Count us in that hundred. I was trying to think, of, trying to think of something like the Party's Full Award or something like Ooh. that. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, there you go. Ooh, yeah. the Party is Full Fourth Spot Award, Fifth Spot Award. Yeah. What MMO you play? Yeah, <laughs> I also like the idea because then we we end up with this top five, so it's like the the full party, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I like that. Yeah, but yeah, it's just to run down our list at number five, immortality over Kirby. <laughs> you didn't have to say that. <laughs> yes, I did. Uh, number four, oh. we have Sifu. Number three, we have Tunic. Number two, God of War Ragnarok, and number one. Elden Ring, again, completely unbiased, as I go to bed every night under a framed cloth map of the lands between <laughs> that I received as an anniversary present from my partner. <laughs> unbiased. That's right. Yeah. Thank you for sticking with us yeah. on this extra log episode of okay. Add to Party. A lot of information. Think of it as a think of corruption. it as making up for our break. That's true. Yeah, we took yeah, a couple weeks cool. off there because honestly, there was nothing to fucking talk about, and I was tired. Um, and also my dog died. <laughs> I was kind of sad. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. so not to bring down the mood right at the end. Um, Elden Ring's great. Woo! Woo! My dog died. Woo! Wow. <laughs> Recount. Uh, that's your, what your dog would be saying if he were alive. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll talk about that. Mm. On another episode of Add to Party, Mm -hmm. the Friendship Simulator masquerading as a new show. I've been your host, James, completely unbiased, despite the many fandoms that (laughs) that are framed above my bed. Hartwell, (laughs) joined by Charles Elden Lord, you mind? (laughs) (laughs) I've been joined by Andy. Um. 
Just legit. Kirby was robbed. This is fake. Uh, oh, the big lie. This yes, was the I big was lie. Wait, I was waiting for you to get there. <laughs> I was waiting for you to get there. <laughs> so um, the big lie, Kay. Oh, stop the steal, guys. Elden Ring doesn't deserve it. It's Kirby. Jesus. What will twenty? What will twenty twenty three hold? How can we make know. Andy mad? <laughs> we didn't pick Kirby. <laughs> we'll find out this year on Add to Party. Have a good night, everyone. Have, Have a good, good night. night. Good to be back. <laughs> <laughs>